My message today, I'm going to entitle it, How You Can Escape the Damnation of Hell. <clears throat> you know, Jesus once said to the Pharisees, How can you escape the damnation of hell? But today, my message is, How You Can Escape. I'm going to start in St. John 4. <clears throat> when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. And he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near unto the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Now, you know, even though Jesus Christ was the Son of God, incarnated in flesh by the Holy Spirit, he suffered the same things in the flesh that you and I have to endure and suffer today. He got tired, he got hungry, and he got wearied, very wearied, many times. And said, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. He asked this woman for a drink of the natural water. He said, For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. In those days, you talk about segregation. They have had it since the beginning of time. But Jesus was different. Jesus was different. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of me, him, and he would have given thee living water. Christ today is here to give everybody that will ask him that living water, even now. I'm only using the woman of the well today as an example, Bible example, of what God has in store for you in order to deliver you from the pangs of death and hell. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water. You notice her mind was natural. She had not been taught or trained in the spiritual things of God, even from the Old Testament teachings, even from the law. Said, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? You see, she knew the Old Scripture. She knew the Old Testament. But she had never heard or known about the Messiah or the Savior of the world that the Old Testament spoke of until this moment. <clears throat> Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. In other words, whoever drinks of the natural water or the natural things of this life will thirst again. But whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Speaking of the spiritual water. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. 
Jesus was speaking there of the word of God. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call thy husband and come here. In other words, go bring your husband and come back. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. You see, Jesus had the discerning of the Spirit. And he knew who and what people were. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly? In other words, have I discerned you right? Didn't I speak truly to you? Don't I know who you are and what you are? In other words, he told her that she was a harlot by telling her her mind and by telling her what she had done in the past. Now here was a harlot woman at a well, yet Jesus had no respect of persons. According to the law, he wasn't even supposed to be talking to a woman of Samaria. According to the law, he wasn't even supposed to be talking to a married woman. Period. But he had no respect of persons. Neither do I. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Here was an ignorant and an unlearned woman, according to that day. Yet she knew by the words that Jesus spoke that he was special, that he was different, that he knew all things. You are a prophet. He said, I perceive you are a prophet. I wonder how many people today would perceive that Jesus is a prophet if he walked in the natural like he did then. I wonder how many people would be called and chosen of God through him now if he were walking in the flesh here today. She said, Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. You see, she was religious. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Watch how Jesus tore her little denominal organization up in the next verse. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me. Woman, believe me. The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. In other words, the time is coming when you won't need a mountain or a church in Jerusalem or a church anywhere else to worship me. I'll explain this in just a moment. He said, you worship, you know not what. See, he told her, you don't even know what you're worshiping. There are millions of people out in the world today and going to churches and that are religious, they don't even know what they're worshiping. They just know that they should get up on Sunday and go to church or go somewhere and worship. They know that they should do so many exercises as their worship. They know that they've got to do this and they've got to do that. Well, Jesus fixed that. He fixed it so you don't got to do anything except worship him in spirit and in truth. That's what Jesus came for, to set us free from all those forms and rituals and commandments and doctrines of men. He came to give us a personal relationship 
with him as the Son and God the Father. He said, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Salvation is of the Jews. The Jew today, according to the scripture and according to Paul's teachings, is the spirit-filled person. Because Paul said, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything since Christ came and hanged on the cross to give us pure salvation through him. Neither Jew nor Greek, but the Jew today is one inwardly, the born-again Christian. I have many Jewish friends that are born again that believe in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. They are a true Jew. I have many friends before me today that are born again with the Holy Spirit. They, some of them are Greeks. I have Greek friends. I have Italian friends. There's about every denominational person and every uh, type of person in the world today in my ministry and members of the churches that I'm pastor over. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now I'm going to tell you how to worship God in spirit and truth. Jesus said, my word, the written word here in the Bible, it is spirit and it is truth. The word of God as it's written is spirit and it is truth. Now people, if you want to escape the damnation of hell and worship God in spirit and in truth, get you a good King James Version of the Bible, start reading it for yourself, and believing it as it is written. And later on in the message, I will show you how to worship God in spirit and in truth. But in the meantime, I would like to give you more word. The woman saith unto him, I know that the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Listen how Jesus answered this. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. In other words, I'm the man. Jesus said, I'm the man. I'm here now. I am talking to you now. I am the Messiah now. Jesus is still here today. He's here right now. He's the Messiah. All you have to do is open your mouth and talk to him. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? You see, nobody disputed with Jesus. Nobody. They knew, his disciples knew, that he was the Lord. And that's the place where I want to get God's people today, to the point where you know that Jesus is your Savior that he is forever present with you. The woman then left her water pot and went her way in the city and said to the men, according to the Bible, she is the first woman evangelist that went out and began to preach Christ. 
the first recording of the first New Testament woman evangelist. Come see a man, she said, which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Isn't this the Christ? He told me everything that I did. He told me that I'd had six husbands. He told me that I was a harlot. But he did it in such a way that it did not offend me. You see, Jesus came to save that which was lost. He didn't come to save the religious people. He didn't come to save the religious leaders. They're supposed to be saved anyhow. He came to save the simple, ordinary, everyday living soul. Then they went out of the city and came unto him. In the meanwhile, his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. You know why he said that? It said earlier that he was wearied. And whenever a man is wearied from a journey, he is usually hungry because he spent his energies. But he said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Did you know I have experienced that feeling? I have gone into churches and ministered and have seen the Lord bless the people and I wouldn't care for natural food for days because I had the blessing of God in my life. I desired the Word of God more than my natural food. Even David said that one time. said, I desire the Word of the Lord more <clears throat> than my natural food. This is one of the things that comes when you have true salvation. When you are close to God and are completely converted to his blessing. Therefore said his disciples to another, Has any man brought him aught to eat or anything to eat? Jesus said unto them, My meat, or my, not my food, spiritual food, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. This is the thing that I want God's people and you people in the audience to understand is that God wants you for his very own. Jesus wanted that woman at the well for his very own disciple. Therefore, he spoke to her kindly. <clears throat> he spoke to her in a voice and in a tone of voice that raised her spirit from her sin that raised her mind from the natural thinking of the world, and she went out and began to speak of him. Is not this the Messiah? This man that told me ever and all that I had done in my life, is not this the Messiah? Is not this the one that we're looking for and waiting for? Is this not the deliverer? When I first came to the Lord, I went and told everybody, I have found the Lord. I have now been delivered of the f horrible feelings and the fears that I've had all my life. Jesus said, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh a harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes, <laughs> like that, and look on the fields, for they are white, all ready to harvest. Jesus was speaking of the thousands of souls that were before him in the world. He called it a harvest and a field. <clears throat> and he said, And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. 
that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. I'm sowing today. I'm sowing the word of God. Maybe you people out there that are being converted and will be converted and are converted will go and reap more souls and then rejoice together in the hereafter after the harvest of souls is in and the judgment has been pronounced. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reaps. I don't know how many ministers are under my ministry now, but they are sowing and reaping. I sowed first the word to them, and they went forth and reaped. I'm sowing the word of God to you people today. Now you can reap the good things of God. You can reap life eternal. He said, I sent you to reap that whereon ye bestowed no labor. Other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. And it said, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman. You see, she began to reap already riches laid up in glory. And she said, he said, which testified, he told me all that ever I did. And that was her message. Said, I found a man that told me everything that I had done. Everything that I had done in my life and has now straightened me out. So much so that I've forgotten my water pot. I've forgotten my natural work. And I'm now working for the Messiah to speak of the good things that he has done. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. See, they believed the woman, then they believed him. Ladies and gentlemen, if you believe me, others will believe you, and then others will believe them. And the first thing you know, we will have a wonderful revival going in this wonderful country of ours. And he said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this in, indeed is the Christ, the Savior of the world. See, they made up their mind that Jesus was the Savior of the world. All you have to do to be saved <coughs> in the same manner is to believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world and of your soul. Now after two days he departed thence and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. That's why I am here. God has sent me to tell you about the good things that he wants to do for you. So that you can go tell others what he has done for you. When he was come into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went unto the feast. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Wherever Jesus went, he had infallible proof that he was the Son of God, that he was the Savior, that he was able to deliver from all sin, sickness, and disease. Now here he had just delivered a harlot from her profession, and she went out and became a professor of other things. Speaking of the things of God, and speaking of the good things 
of the Son of God. Now here is a man that had a son that was down to the point of death. Then said Jesus unto him, Except sign, you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Jesus tested that man right there. He said, Unless you see signs and wonders, you won't believe me. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down ere my child dies, lest my child die. Come, or my child will die. Jesus said unto him, Go your way, your son will live. Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. All right, just in a matter of moments, Jesus had delivered a harlot from her harlotry and delivered a very rich man's son from death. So you see, he had no respect to persons. There is only one unpardonable sin in the world today, according to the Bible, and that is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I've had people to come to me and say, Reverend Taylor, I've sinned too much. I don't believe God would forgive me. But don't let a spirit tell you that. That is the spirit, a lying spirit. No man has sinned so much that God cannot forgive him except for that one sin. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is when you attribute the works of God to the devil or say that the works of God are of the devil. I will be ministering later on in some of my other specials on the tele telecast about these things. So watch for me carefully and watch the teleguide for my next telecast. In the meantime, remember, there is no sin under the heavens that God will not forgive. He is the forgiver of the murderers of fathers and mothers. It said, I will forgive even the murderers of fathers and mothers. He forgives robbery. He forgives everything except blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. No man or no woman has sinned so much that he will not forgive them. So don't let anybody tell you that. It's not true. That's a religious spirit talking. Don't let anybody put you down from now on. You go to Christ. You ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your soul. You don't have to be in a church to do it. You can do it wherever you are. In your home, in your car, out in the barn, in your bedroom, in your kitchen. It makes no difference. You don't even have to be in any particular uh, stance or position. Just talk to God, man to man, as you are. If you'd like an example of how to talk to God, say, Jesus, here am I, Lord. Forgive me of my sin. Or, Jesus, here am I. Heal me. Heal me of this disease. It doesn't make any difference. He said, I am the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I am the Savior of your soul. I am the healer of your body. Just put your eternal trust in simplicity. The simpler, the better. My little son comes to me every once in a while. He's only seven. And he says, Dad, can I have this? Or can I go with you here? Or can I go with you there? 
And it's just so simple that I can't refuse him. I say, come on, son, let's go. Or yes, you can have it. That's the way God looks at you. In simplicity. Absolute simplicity. So people, don't wear a religion on your sleeve. Coming to God doesn't mean that you have to wear your religion on the outside. It's a personal experience between you and God. It's a personal feeling that you get. It's a personal thing just between you and God. And when you get it personal with God, and get personal with God, then you are delivered from hell. It has been wonderful talking to you, ministering with you today. And my prayer is, now may God richly bless you, and I say bye-bye till I see you next time.